0: What did you call me?
1: All this fucking pussy footing around. Years now? Why don't we just get it all out there? Tony. Shut up. Tony! You got something you want to say to me? What do you mean? What do I mean? What do you
0: mean? All these innuendos? You in front of me that I didn't do everything I could to keep that kid from fucking himself up? That, yeah, knowing him and his family,
1: that i didn't try to be a better dad to him than his own dad god rest his soul that i didn't try to protect jackie jr that i didn't actually smack him around because i was so frustrated is that what you're trying to tell me is that what you're trying to tell me oh you ever have those moments where you kind of talk back to your dad and then things get real and you get scared and you don't know what to do welcome to cut to black a soprano sit down i'm jim scampoli and i've seen every episode of the sopranos
0: I'm Jacob Burrows, and I've seen 41 episodes of The Sopranos. And uh, yeah, that's a, it's a nice moment where, you know how you're trying to convince someone that you took care of someone else, and you're like, I yeah, didn't I even smack him around on his own behalf? Yeah. Didn't I help him by smacking him around? Like, I'm going to smack you around and AJ, everyone in my life. Uh, yes, uh, Tony has got this parenting shit on lock. Uh, this is episode two of season four. Who made this one?
1: Well, this, t- this episode is entitled No Show, It was written by David Chase, the creator of The Sopranos. Uh, Well, it was also co-written by Terrence Winter, who is a name we've heard before. We most recently heard him tied to the... I just had it up with God damn it. Oh, Pine Barrens. He wrote the episode Pine Barrens. This episode was directed by John Patterson, another name we've heard. He most recently, for us, directed the finale of season three, Army of One.
0: Oh, perfect. Um, So we're going to get right into the details here. I did want to mention at first uh that of course we very much appreciate any reviews left on iTunes of our podcast it really does help us out we do this because it is fun we would do it with none reviews mm-hmm. and like no one listening i bl- i truly believe we would uh but it is fun to see more and more people getting into it alongside with us uh, and your reviews really do help with that so we have a new one here um from Iana that says listen to this podcast the two lads who make this podcast are funny, insightful and have clearly researched each week's each week's topic in full. That's uh, we do have Wikipedia so that is yeah. true. Um, <laughs> and they say I especially like the Better Call Saul episodes because Ooh. yes, we do also discuss other television shows that you can find at showswhichyouknow.com. But don't worry, you're a, this is the Sopranos one. We're getting right into it.
1: Yeah, don't worry, Sopranos people. Uh, we've sacrificed Better Call Saul for the good of Sopranos. So <laughs> Please, uh, That is pretty much true, yes. <laughs> apologies to our Better Call Saul listeners. Uh, and real quick, uh, I do want to get into, before we talk about like the specific beats of the episode, uh, no work and no show jobs, which you kind of get a bearing of what that is by the context and by what you see on the show, but someone online did have a good kind of breakdown here. Uh, no work jobs are the guys sitting around in lawn chairs all day. They're on payroll for construction projects and they get actual paychecks, uh, of course, some of which they may undoubtedly kick upstairs. Uh, It's a way to milk the construction project. And then another way is the no-show job uh, where the guy getting the paycheck doesn't even need to physically be there. Like maybe he's a, quote, safety officer or some manager type, on paper, of course, who legally doesn't need to be on the job site at all the time. So in other words, the jobs are a form of leeching, but they're just able to skirt the law in case some inspector or auditor shows up. The guys in lawn chairs, well, they're not needed right now, but they'll be working soon. The no-show deputy assistant project manager, he's not here right now, but we can put you in touch with him. Uh, The old way of scamming construction projects would be to have a ghost employee, some guy who doesn't exist with his paycheck going straight to a mafia bank account. But nowadays, that's too prosecutable, hence the no-show and no-work guys. And going along with those jobs, you do get basically like uh, medical benefits, a pension. Uh, You get that W-2 that you could show the IRS that shows where your income's coming from. Uh, I just wanted to go over that real quick because they kind of get into that quite a bit throughout this episode with the the, uh, fighting over who gets the no-work and the no-show jobs.
0: That is interesting um, because when that's happening, I'm like, well, there are some guys in lawn chairs, (laughs) but, like, there's work going on all around them. So how much income is actually generated from each of these people sitting there not doing their job? I feel like I do that at my job sometimes (laughs) as well, and I get paid, so, you know. Honestly,
1: those guys are getting paid the same amount, if not more, than the guys doing work. Like, they're in the books. that makes sense. Like, say it's a sixty grand a year job or something like that. They're in the books as another employee. And like the kind of description says, if if an auditor shows up, it's like, well, who are these guys sitting down? And it's like, oh, no, 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 they're just on their break. They'll be working soon. They're not needed at the moment. Uh, but they are yeah, here. I was just, <laughs> Go
0: ahead. Yeah, you can see that they're right here. No, I was just <laughs> thinking there's, there's like five guys sitting there, right? I mean, yeah, how much... Money is that in the... I mean, I guess, yeah, it adds up. But, like, they're negotiating in this episode of, like, okay, we're going to do five more jobs, and then three of them are going to go to Pauly. And it's, like, okay, five guys, three of the thing. But, like, is that that much money if they're just doing it for... Is it just for one day or I don't even know? No, I
1: think it's basically a a career job. Like, it's, like, Um, at the very least a year or however long... Like, I guess however long that project is. Like, oh, we're building this new hotel. We're building whatever... And then Paulie can give those jobs to his crew and then those people are going to kick. He's also getting a piece of that and they're getting money for doing nothing. As we see in this episode, Chris gets uh, uh, one of the highly sought no show jobs where he also gets the money. But he doesn't even have to sit there from what, what do they They say? Something like, uh, why don't you try sitting here from like 11 to 3 or, <laughs> or whatever the yeah. heck time they say. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So, okay, great. I oh, know I do appreciate that because it's one of these things that it's not super clear. So that's what you're listening to the podcast for, everyone. We, got, we got the background. We did our weeks of research <laughs> or whatever that review said that we definitely do every time. Um, so this episode, uh, we start out again, I think, with a view of the FBI agent and that. and we'll Just learn to it. sort of remind us of what's going on there. With Danielle, and she opens the phone or answers the phone like Lilac Personal Shopping, which is interesting. That's clearly her uh, undercover phone contact. So the the, her uh, baby daddy knows when that rings. You got to get the baby out of the room. Um, This is interesting because uh, I guess I I really wish we could get our FBI agent friend on the show, but you know whatever. It's not like we know an FBI agent who can't come on the show, but because it would really be interesting at this point, someone who worked fucking undercover hawaii tom Uh, but uh, no okay no it's fine it's fine yeah whatever
1: yeah i mean i like the way this plays out because we see the transition um because yeah we see her in her normal garb with her baby and her husband and then she goes in the bathroom and like obviously there's a small cut as some time passes and the phone rings and she comes out and she's all gussied up like uh, a new jersey book uh, to answer the phone <laughs> when Adriana calls uh, So yeah, just a quick reminder On that and kind of the the double life She's leaving le- leading And then we cut to Meadow uh, Just stomping around in her flip-flops Getting ready to go lay out by the pool Hopefully there are no ducks out there uh, Although, they're saying it's going out of season But it, if she's acting Like it's still summer, but maybe it is September, I guess, so technically it's a little Of both, and we find out that she's been uh, Lazy bones and dropped her internship after they bought her a car. She still hasn't registered for her classes. She's trying to own Carmela with her knowledge talking about these dead white men who are, you know, even in their reductionism have a thing or two to say about life and death and loss.
0: <laughs> Maybe more than you. Yeah. Uh yeah, no. It's uh, it's good. This is definitely a Meadow heavy episode and it's fun because they even bring up how she's like regressing a bit and being more like She's acting more like a teenager now than when she was 15, um, like really starting a lot of fights, just lazing around by the pool. Um, and, yeah, she's she's re- probably read half the canon, those <laughs> reductionist men and all of that. Uh, but, yeah, obviously we figure out later that this story, like they keep bringing up how she has to register for her classes, and she's like, yeah, 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 yeah. And we just see some new friend. Uh, what's her name? Uh, Oh, Misty. I forget. yeah. Misty's her name, yeah. I do
1: like that running passive-aggressive thing that Meta tries to do to Carmilla where she tries to make her feel stupid. Uh, yeah. And and that's like her way of kind of trying to shut her down. Because, I mean, we kind of saw it a bit when she visited her, in college, visited her in college. And she said something like, oh, I wish I had time to read fiction uh, <laughs> or read for fun or something. And then... She's like, you know, Carmela was being like the wide-eyed tourist. Like, look, I got a pamphlet. You can go to these things. But... It's such a mean thing that she does, and she's trying to own Carmilla with it. She's not quite having it. It's not really working it. But then Furio arrives, and Carmilla's like, oh, my God, Furio's here. It's time to uh, live out a whole relationship in my head because I'm Carmilla, and that's what I always do.
0: (laughs) Yes, and this is like – I'm so used to this at this point that I'm like, nothing shall ever come of this, so it's fine. Like, nothing will ever happen here. Uh, And, like, I'm even – Carmela is never going to leave Tony until like the last season that's my guess right now cuz they always bring her up to the edge and then next season it's like but the bonds Tony <laughs> we got to get the bonds It's like okay so you're not doing shit really you're, you are you are developing i'm not saying she's not but it's not such a dramatic change either and like you said oh furio's here now so great we're 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 in this again um,
1: oh, and i guess even like now i never th- saw furio as a sexual being but now that we see the way Carmelo's reacting and they even have Meadow's friend make a comment kind of of like, ooh, there's this guy with a ponytail. And, you know, that means sexy. He's got long hair. It's in a ponytail. He's got a cool accent. He comes mm-hmm. in talking about how he's going to buy a house and she mentions citizenship. And he's like, no, nah, you don't need that. She's <laughs> house. What are you talking about?
0: <laughs> yeah, which is, does that mean, like, it would actually be legally speaking bad if he was, like, there being a citizen for the for the family or what do you think
1: i think it's just kind of an offhanded joke of how like they don't need to respect any laws or whatever like yeah, yeah i mean technically if he was a real guy who wanted to buy a house i'm pretty sure you would want to go for citizenship first if you want to own property but he's just like nah i don't who, who do you think i am i'm I'm, uh, I'm the driver of tony soprano i do whatever i want
0: yeah or it's like uh oh, this country you don't need any more <laughs> immigrants right <laughs> could be that very um, true so next scene opens with like a mob dinner where they're discussing Harry Potter books and I'm like so on board obviously yeah uh, cause yeah it's, and Bobby's like oh it's so popular cause it gives the other 98 pound weaklings hope for the future and then Ralphie drops a great joke about Ginny Sachs of course what a what a jokester! All his jokes are just so bang on.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, it's such a good joke that someone has to retell it later in this episode to another character, because Ginny Sack had a ninety-eight pound mole removed from her fat ass.
0: But the uh, only reason it's even a joke is that he's like playing off of what the person said in front of him to give him the credit that he is due. Yeah. Uh, and then the guy retelling it forgets the setup and just <laughs> says like that he's that she's super fat, which while true is mean. Yes.
1: Uh, and then like everyone kind of filters out a bit because they need to talk about this uh, these no-show jobs. And I guess now we do know who Lil Polly is. We, yeah. We, uh, Mentioned it in the finale of season three, and I guess it's obviously not Polly's son. It's like, I mean, he calls him Uncle Polly, but again, as we've talked about on this show, that could mean he is his actual uncle, or they're just people that you call uncle. But he has some close relationship to Polly, obviously. Um, yeah. And we also get news that with Polly in the can, uh, Christopher Maltesanti himself will be acting capo of his crew.
0: Well done, to Christopher. Go, Chris. You definitely deserve this. Um, yeah, and it is fun as well. Tony's there and he leaves, right? I mean, Yes, yep. So Yay. we see him putting into practice this thing that he's been talking about of like, well, I wasn't even in the, in the room. I don't know what they were talking about, even though he's the one passing things on. Now, he is passing things on at this point through Silvio, mm-hmm. but we know he's aiming to change that to Christopher. And obviously, Silvio... I don't know what's going on with Silvio, Jim. (laughs) I'm so excited and confused uh, by all of this. (laughs) Yeah, and it's because Silvio's been the one guy who's never done anything. Like he's just been there and been solid. But he does he doesn't like this. He doesn't like what's happening with Christopher.
1: And it's interesting the way they play it out through like kind of half of the episode is they're kind of pointing to Patsy as the person who. and, And I mean, Patsy's probably feeling the same thing. He is feeling like he was passed over. But as we learn, it's it's the bigger deal and the bigger effect is going to be how it affects Silvio. And it is interesting because nobody's perfect. We've seen that Tony's very smart with a lot of his criminal moves. Uh, even though he doesn't know what's going on with Chris and the heroine, that's just not having all the facts. But this is qu- quite a big thing for him to overlook.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and he... Um, so So in that actual scene, Silvio's there like certain people may have problems with this but and like they show Patsy then but like it's a great build-up for later for what he's gonna do but also what he does is so weird like what Silvio does is so weird I think because it doesn't really help him in any way and except like sort of flex who he is and what he does a little bit but it's almost like it's vindictive and yet not benefiting him as far as what he wants. But I don't know. Maybe he, he, I mean, he's the one who's feeling overlooked at this point, obviously.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, I guess kind of what he does is just the gesture to say like, Hey, fucko, what about me? Without, without having to come out and say like, Hey, you know, what about me? He just does it in a gesture. I guess actions speak louder than words. Uh, but yeah, I'm sure we'll talk about it a little bit more throughout the episode. Uh, I do love the line with what I mean and I guess hindsight's 2020 like seeing how Silvio reacts to this line from Christopher now knowing like at first I thought it was just a bad joke Christopher made when he's like first thing I'm doing is get wings in my hair and (laughs) Silvio just no sells them. Uh, yes. and he's like, you know, like Polly. Uh, but now it's like, oh yeah, no, it's cause he's steaming. He's pissed. This is bullshit.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause he's just like, I'll talk to you later. Gets in his car and drives off. Um, so yes, we have Adriana hanging out with Danielle, uh, at her, uh, club, which I forgot about. Yes. Yeah. She has a club. Um, that's a thing. And, uh, you know, they're drinking their drinks and, and talking, talking the talk and, uh, opening up um because she made Rana share something really personal here and I'm sure she won't regret that.
1: Yes, yeah, she does kind of come out and say like I just feel so close to you and she says how she had an abortion a long time ago before Christopher and she, you know, doesn't think that she could even have kids. Uh I mean, it's interesting cuz it does it starts out like talking about having kids and we do know that Danielle does have a kid in real life. Um okay. and now she's explaining this, you know, deeply personal thing that no one knows about. I think she even says, like, your mother doesn't even know. Yeah. Uh, and they don't really, like, most shows, you 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 would see, like, a storyline like this of dealing with being the undercover person and, like, maybe the relationship, the lines get blurred and maybe you do get a real personal relationship. But they don't let this uh, character play it that way. Like, even later on, it never really comes off as, she feels bad on what she has to do to adriana which i guess i kind of like
0: yeah i like that because i feel starting like end of last season i thought like oh here there's gonna be eight episodes of next season of them just hanging out and then like drama with that but but no, I mean, her cover is blown in this episode mm-hmm. and uh, so I'm sort of happy that, like, now I don't know what's going to happen. I felt like I knew what was going to happen for eight episodes, but clearly I didn't. Uh, but, yeah, there's a great, one of two uh, great bait which is in this episode where uh, Danielle's sort of laying it on, talking about her ex, like, I think she used to carry a gun and, like, <laughs> this and that, and like, I think he was, like, mob connected, and then Adriana's like, can I tell you something? And he's just like, of course, and there's the build-up because he goes around the bar and then she tells her the actual thing and it's like oh okay so that was not what i was expecting or hoping for but yeah so um still a good build-up even though like you said it's good that they play it that way but you need this scene as well of them connecting in order for it to hurt later
1: yes absolutely and then chris shows up with little Polly, um and he's he's brought some nice jewelry for adriana because he's celebrating his uh you know it's still a promotion even though he's just acting capo for a long time it does show there's a lot of goodwill for Christopher and he's definitely on the fast track um and uh, well he, they do send Danielle away Paulie's like trying to little Paulie's trying to hit on her um and uh, Chris is doing drugs i think to celebrate right <laughs> of course yeah, so yes first,
0: first, first, drugs out too well of course yeah yeah to <laughs> celebrate just one last time uh- But know what he says because it plays into the whole thing from last episode with Tony thinks one thing's happening and Christopher thinks another thing's happening when Adriana asks, what's up? And he's just like, let's just say Uh, Carmilla won't be first lady forever. It's like, Christopher, you fucking (laughs) moron. I mean, look, I guess I get it. But like, does that mean are you going to kill Tony? Is that what you're saying? Like, what do you think is happening, really? Yes.
1: Yeah. Do you not understand uh you know th- yes this is a great opportunity but let's be smart about it. Let's not be Brendan Falone, let's not be Bevelacqua, let's not be Jackie Jr. here. Uh yes. but we'll see. Uh, but and and
0: also like everyone is really upset at him moving up. So it's not yeah. like he could ever take Tony out and then he'd be the new boss even if he progressed for- further upwards because the only reason he's being allowed to move up is that Tony likes him. So he can't do that. Like he's got a path to the top, but if Tony was gone, he'd be dead immediately. He'd be the first one out.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And uh, I, I mean, I know I keep going to this of how like these are real life situations, like this exact politicking and situation could happen, you know, at a sub shop where they're selling sandwiches. And it's like, this guy's cousin the the guy the owner's cousin uh, the owner makes his cousin the manager and then the manager thinks it's because he's so good and the dudes that have worked there for 10 years are like fuck you you piece of shit like it's the yeah. same shit uh but it's great because we get to see it in a nice heightened mafia setting
0: <laughs> yeah absolutely um so next scene we have ralphie hanging out with Janice watching a nice home movie uh, <laughs> I guess like a murder movie I'm not sure they're watching uh, then, Faces
1: yep. of Death as Tony points out which is, are you okay, familiar with like- Faces was that a thing does is, is, is Sweden aware of the Faces of Death
0: No, what is this?
1: Okay, like it was a thing growing up. It was this like VHS, although it turns out a lot of the stuff in it's fake. Like what you hear now is that it's actually fake stuff, but I think they did have some real life riot death footage, but it's supposed to just be Mm. like a montage scenes of people dying basically. Uh, Or like, I think there's a famous scene where, you know, uh, foreigners are eating monkey brains out of a live monkey or there's like stupid stuff like that. And there's like a narrator. Uh, But it's, yeah, it's this thing. I mean, it's a known thing, you know, before the internet. Now you could just go to wherever the fuck and watch people die. I was
0: going to say, it's like, (laughs) oh, so it was the internet, but on a VHS. Okay, cool. (laughs) Uh,
1: But yeah, Um, Ralphie has to hide because Tony shows up
0: and I guess they're trying to keep this a secret, what's going on. Mm, but the shoe, the shoe, ah! Mm-hmm. Oh, and he just knows from the shoe who it is, uh, tells him, you know, uh, I, I think he, like, um, Ralphie's upstairs listening, and I thought it was going to be something like him saying, something bad about Ralphie, you know, kick that storyline into action again, like, go I'll get some conflict for the Ralphie going. Uh, but no, he's just kind of like, Jesus Christ, fucking Janice, and just leaves, basically.
1: Yeah, and I guess, as he mentions later, you know, obviously her last relationship with someone that's a part of their thing didn't work out too well with Richie. But I still don't yeah. quite get why Tony's so disgusted here. I, I, I guess in a way I get it, again, in relation to Richie, or is there still this part of Tony that wants something better for Janice? Like, because he didn't, I guess he was kind of fine with her being with the guy that passed out all the time because he's just a lovable, uh, religious folk.
0: Well, no, but despite it all, he does really not like Ralphie at all. True. Uh, I, that's at least my read on it. Like, he's annoyed in the previous episode when Carmilla's like saying that they have to come over because it's Rose's birthday, and he's like, ah. Fucking Ralphie at the dinner table again. And now <laughs> yeah. it's like, well, now he's going out with two people that might be at dinner. I'm never going to get rid of Ralphie. <laughs> and yes, he knows Ralphie is a psychopath who just kicks women to death. And like he previously had to clean up Janice's mess when, you know, so so I, I do sort of get it. But then again, what do you expect from Janice Can you not just put her on a flight, maybe get her out of there, maybe fucking finally sell that house? That house is never going to be sold. But, uh, yeah, so you're never going to get rid of her either.
1: Yeah, and a quick thing. We kind of glossed over it discussing the last episode. Um, And uh, someone had pointed this out when I was kind of reading through reactions of the premiere. It is funny that that dinner is supposed to be Rosalie's birthday, and, like, they're having them over to cheer her up but she doesn't get to yeah. say a word in the whole scene and I think until Danielle shows up and she just starts talking to the one stranger and telling her about Carmela's yeah. house otherwise Ralphie's fucking controlling the scene everyone's kind of annoyed uh they they only talk about Rosalie when she's not around so it is just an interesting thing of how like you know people want to feel for you when you're depressed and have trauma in your life but then they quickly don't want to deal with it anymore. Like, after some time's pass, it is more like, okay, get over it because I don't want your shit a part of my shit, you know?
0: Yeah, and they shoot her in, like, profile, like, from the side, and she's all isolated in her shot, and meanwhile, Ralphie and Janice are together in their shot with her, like, leaning over him and laughing, and and, she, and, and Rose completely expressionless. So, yeah, they, they do a good job of, like, visually and obviously with the lines there communicating what's going on. Yes,
1: yes. And then we see uh, little Polly goes to see Polly in the the can. And I think Polly asks if anyone's been to see his mother. And I mean, I get that knowing Polly, he would ask that. But why would he ever expect that someone would go see his ma?
0: Yeah, he he even says, who has gone to see my ma? Like not has someone. And he's like surprised that no one has. And it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Great. And uh, then... Like, little Paul, he's just talking about business, um, saying Chrissy and T made a killing in real estate, which is the thing, I guess, with, um, yeah, that assemblyman guy hyped them to it. So have they already made a killing then off, off Junior's thing?
1: I guess, yeah, I guess so, because they were celebrating again. Because, I mean, even though we did see Tony yelling about the money, where's the fucking money? We've seen two celebrations on, <laughs> on money uh, in between, like, since he's been yelling about it. So things are still going pretty good.
0: Yeah, and he well, retells you know, the joke like... Uh,
1: I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I was just going to say, it's yeah. it's almost like Tony's like an old lady with a, a honey-baked ham under her arm yelling that he has no bread. You know, if I could go back to a Sopranos reference.
0: No, that is, that is a good point. He is like that. Um, and the joke g- does get retold. Yeah. And, um, of course, little Polly is not privy to the fact that uh, he's way, like... Up on Johnny Sachs at this point, calls him Babe when he hangs up the phone. So, of course, he doesn't think this joke is funny. To be fair, the delivery's off. So, I mean, he's right. Um, (laughs) But then we move on to the whole uh, no work job of all of them just hanging out there. And I think Christopher rolls up and gets the cash.
1: Yeah, Christopher rolls up. They do make a very um, of the time uh, comment when he's like, he gives him the envelope. He's like, it's all in there. And he's like, did you put the spores in? Because that's when they were, people were sending anthrax envelopes around to people. And I think Chris is like, don't even joke about that or something. Um, then they mentioned the fiber optic cable. And I will admit, Chris does give Patsy a look. I think it's very clear he gives yes. him a look.
0: <laughs> yes. I also was like, oh, cool. But <laughs> that, I do love that because it, there's clearly like a look. And I would have thought that maybe he's going to make a plan of it or, or something. But Patsy was real like, the look, like that was enough, right? <laughs> Which is great. And I will say as well, fiber optic cable, I mean, this is 2002. We got fiber optics in my neck of the wood literally last year. So, I mean, they're right. It is uh, high-tech stuff. Yeah. Big money. Uh, and,
1: yes, the, the the discussion of the look, very cur- curb your enthusiasm uh, type <laughs> moment that they have going yes. on here.
0: What? but in that it would well it should be like someone getting murdered over a look and then yeah. like but you gave me the look <laughs> like that i was just that's i have not a, a face m- i don't
1: know that's not a murder look that's a beating look at the most yeah <laughs> one of those
0: <laughs> um yes so uh back to therapy here we are um let's see yeah so it is a meta centric episode so of course We got to get into the details there of the job and internship and all this that she hasn't been doing. Um, What else? Oh, yeah, they get into Jackie.
1: Yeah, because Tony, I mean, Tony rightfully points out that Meadow is using Jackie's death in situations where she, you know, it's not real. It's just she's using it. But Melfi makes a good point. Like, even if she's doing that, there's obviously some real pain there, some real trauma and depression. So I like this back and forth. And as you mentioned, Melfi talks about how she's regressing. Um, and, you know, now she's back at home and just, you know, she's not the well put together college uh, Columbia strong woman. She's, you know, the little scared teenager. and uh, But now we start talking about therapy and medication. Uh, and oh, this is quite a path to go down, Tony. I'm not sure.
0: Yeah, I think uh, I think it, the main part of this is you know let's introduce the idea of uh, of getting her talking to someone like that's the main thing going yeah. on here. Um, I don't remember if it's here that he reacts violently against the idea yeah. or not, or maybe that's later. But it is funny that when he late, I think it's later, maybe where he brings up like, want to talk about private shit like I do with you? Oh. No, 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 no one else could be doing that, and so I only, I'm the only one who gets to do that.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, cause yeah, I think then it goes into, uh, this, the next scene is just Meadow just sleeping and she decides to, I think she asks for a sandwich or something. Doesn't, I think she's on the phone and Carmela walks by and she's like, can you get me a tuna sandwich? And I'm like, Oh, I think, I I think that's later. There's so many scenes that are similar in this one,
0: but yeah, she's just sleeping and it's way late and uh, Carmela pops in to remind her to register for the classes the ones that she wants so it's not going to be too late okay. and uh, okay. she just tells her that she's going to go to Europe she decided she took it going to take a year off
1: okay alright yeah you're right because they kind of go over it a few times so it is I'm trying to like jumble the, the sequence of events but yeah, yeah at one point though she does just as she walks by she asks her to get a sandwich and I was like are you fucking serious now you're pushing yes. it god damn it
0: Yes, that is true. Um, so let's see here. We have, then we have um, Tony giving out to Christopher, yelling at him about the whole situation uh, with the fiber optics because it's basically drawing heat to it. Like, yeah, you're going to make a few grand off it, but that's like nothing compared to the money we're actually making off controlling this whole fucking thing. And we don't want people looking into it. So don't fuck with me on this.
1: Yeah, and uh, we we do have a quick check in with Artie Bucco at the beginning of this scene, which I think is yeah. interesting because in the finale of season three, even though throughout season three the divorce things start and the or the separation, but when Junior's singing like he has his arms around Charmaine there, and I, I was like, oh, maybe things are better now, but now he's still complaining about like paying child support or he's fine with paying child support, but he doesn't want to give her anything. And then Tony has a line like, hey, you're the bartender. You're supposed to be (laughs) giving me advice. Uh, But yes, he tells Christopher all this stuff about seeing the big picture, which Christopher uses to a a hilarious degree later on uh, in classic soprano slash sitcom fashion where someone learns something in one scene and tries to regurgitate it to another character, and you realize that they've picked up nothing from the initial (laughs) scene, which is great.
0: (laughs) Yes, like, that happens all the time, especially with Melfi saying something and Tony trying to use it. But it's like, the earlier scene has put them in a new direction, but not for the right reason. They didn't really <laughs> understand what was said, but they've been propelled towards something different, and they're just going to repeat that. I'm a uh, mofoo, I'm fo- or whatever, <laughs> like, when he goes through yeah. that, like, it happens all the time. But yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, so, Ralphie's playing basketball, I guess, this is a scene? Yeah,
1: it's a weird scene because he's playing basketball with Vito. And, I mean, they're both old and out of shape. So, like, I mean, obviously Vito's is a lot larger than Ralphie. But even Ralphie's winded. But he doesn't want to let him go. Like, he has to – he's like, come on, play defense. And he's just haphazardly kind of putting his arm up. It's the old, like, let the boss win, I guess, thing is going on. Not that I feel like he could give Ralphie a m- run for his money otherwise in basketball. But it's an interesting. I didn't feel
0: like i i, I felt like it was him being almost rebellious because he's telling him like, "Come on, work it, let's yeah. go," and he's like putting the minimal effort in.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. And then, but they're just talking about Janice, right? They're just like, yeah, Uh, oh, she's got big tits or something, and you know, uh... yeah, it
0: would not be bad for my career if I made her happy and all, but uh, yeah. Yeah. So moving on, we have Carmilla just uh, doing research online. And of course, mm-hmm. AJ comes down like, are you still online? Because these were the days you can only be online one person at a time in a household. That's what uh, I was
1: wondering, because I don't feel like that's the case, but maybe it was. I feel like at this point in 2002, well, excuse me, I had DSL. So I must have had, Oh, um, but you know, you're right. You didn't have a router, I guess. People didn't have routers yeah. then. Okay. No. All right. Yeah. You, you schooled me. I remember now. <laughs> yes,
0: I did, uh, and uh, like they also start talking here, of course, about the whole Europe situation. And Tony concludes, "Ah, there's no fucking way she's going to Europe." Um, but then, yeah. Well, one of
1: one yeah. of the best lines is, "I knew all this constant harping on art was going to cause trouble <laughs> because, you know, <laughs> well, what's in Europe?" And even though like Carmela's being kind of sarcastic, like what she's saying is that is really what's in Europe. It's it's not, it's not complete i understand they don't want her daughter to take time off from college at this point you need to stay the course but it's not outrageous for a rich family to have their you know 19 year old kid get some cultural experience i mean maybe this is just another version of the scared american uh who can't leave america especially in post 9 11 world so maybe that's where they're getting at yeah
0: and i mean yeah it's interesting because we we get into it, with, uh, of, like, Tony, and where he's at, his relationship with his daughter, he talks earlier with Malfi about it, That's like, oh, even when he, she was 15, she never hated me, and Carmilla brings up that, yeah, of course I'm the villain, like, you're the dad, so you're fine, um, but yeah, so, <laughs> next scene, uh, Christopher does come home, and he's complaining about Tony, complaining about him, but again, he's, like, he's, He's like, oh, like you never heard of a learning curve, but like Tony is being nice to you. He's taking it like like, this is the kid gloves. You don't want to see him without the kid gloves because you're always being treated preferentially and you just don't see it because everyone else just kind of gets nothing from Tony and you were yelling at him last season about, oh, I loved you and I don't love you anymore and and all this shit, and now you just come home like, you know what? I'm going to get high.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's like Chris we've seen Tony go come at you for real. Like, you know, if he moves, break his other neck, like when he wants to go at uh junior for, you know, scaring him and killing Brendan Falone, or even like just, gra- even just grabbing him at the funeral where he's like, I loved you. And he's like, oh, you will respect me, like yelling in his face. Yeah. We've seen Tony come at him and you're right. Like Tony just, he was educating him in the previous scene when at the bar. He's like, look, look at the big picture. We've a lot of money coming in and don't fuck it up by stealing it, stealing fiber optic cables, but Christopher wants an excuse to get high so he's going to get high and he's going to be uh, And here's the a victim. <laughs> Go ahead.
0: yeah here's the second the second Baden switch here where I I really thought Christopher was gonna say something smart oh, uh, the, yes. the show really got me on this one because he's there like with all your intelligence you never see the big picture like this is where he does the regurgitation and you know ass like that girl like that and she doesn't like Polly and you met her just in some store like who even is she? She's a dyke. Like the greatest twist, because I thought it was really like him being smart, but like who was I kidding?
1: It's uh, because imagine, like it really is almost like oh my god, Chris is just known all the time. That's why he's been being smart around it, and maybe he's running his own little plan here. But no, yeah, she's a dyke. It's it it (laughs) reminds me so much of when he's with John Favreau. And he's like, the roof is soft tar. Like that's fucking brilliant. Yeah. Like he thinks he's coming to this great realization, but no, no, he's just Christopher. Yeah,
0: he's Christopher, and uh, yeah, that's gonna play out great. Um, so then we get the scene where where Patsy and and little Polly are talking to Christopher. And it is weird uh, that Christopher is like, he's their boss now, I guess. Uh, but yeah, and Patsy's there, like, you gave me the look. And then <laughs> when, when little Polly speaks, like, Patsy gives him a slap. Uh, it's a pretty good buildup here of, like, Patsy feeling like he's the one left out, where I'm sure he is as well. But, like, he's also fine doing shit for Christopher when he gets a look. So he's not that down on it.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I, I like that. It makes complete sense kind of the 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 old switcheroo they pull on us where we do get the impression that he's a little annoyed at Christopher being uh, you know him being passed over for Christopher but you know the true the enemy has will not truly reveal himself to be Silvio until later uh but yeah. otherwise Patsy's kind of okay with just being being uh taken orders yeah
0: um, so we get a family discussion here of the whole going to Europe thing, like Europe's any less safe than here, uh, Meadow says, and, uh, you know, it starts with Tony being all, ah, oh, yes, you're never going to Europe. But then I, we, we have this shot of him and the audio gets all weird. And I, I, I guess it's all getting to him. Like, why does he freak out here and say, oh, you go then? Or like, what was your read on it?
1: Yeah, it's, it's a very interesting choice because, well, it's, it's kind of after she brings up Jackie, I think. Because yep. it's when she mentions, you know, my ex-boyfriend was found face down in his own blood. Uh, and that's when he kind of zones out. But again, like, I almost want to feel like it's like he feels bad for what happened to Jackie. But I, I don't believe that, especially the way the, the season three finale played out and how he just kind of wanted it over and done with. But maybe there's some small regret, regret there. But I guess it also is just again reflecting on his own children because Jackie was just a kid like them and i and i guess in tony soprano fashion the only real way to react is to just lash out and be like fine do whatever the fuck cuz he's he's not going to deal with it anymore
0: yeah and, I mean, at the same time, he is kind of right in the next scene where he's talking to Carmilla and uh, says that, like, the more we forbid it, the more she's just going to want to go. Um, so so he does have sort of a valid point. Even though he, it seems like a reaction out of rage, it's also like, yeah, this is probably going to help things work out. And Carmilla's the one pushing for, ah, oh, she's got to talk to someone about this before making such a big choice. And Tony doesn't really like this idea but of course, in the end, that doesn't that like that's the next scene, basically. Um, well, but I, I
1: do want to say, like, what you're talking yeah. about with Tony saying, you know, the more we forbid it, the more she's going to go. It's quite a role reversal from when we had Noah last season, and that was Carmela's point of view of like, we can't keep fighting oh, her yeah. on it because we're going to push <laughs> him, push her closer to him. But now it's like the other way around here, and it is like a smart take for Tony that he doesn't quite stick with.
0: I guess he 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 learned something there for a yeah. bit at least because yeah, he yeah it was right. Um, so then um, Meadow like once she's there she's she's opening up okay there about uh, she's actually talking about her thought process in the finale last season yeah. uh, about how they were get that saccharine fucking Italian ballad like it's like David Chase is speaking to us <laughs> again here through, through Meadow absolutely uh, <laughs> and like saying how it's all sick and they didn't even care. And then, okay, so this, what do you think of this uh, this uh, person here she's getting help from? Like, what, what's your estimation of her skills? Is she doing well?
1: I think yes and no. I think it's, it's uh, the Sopranos always handles this brilliantly where I feel like they have a reverence for therapy um, and like how the good it can do. But they're not afraid to also point out the flaws and make poke fun at it a bit. Because it just devolves into like, I'm going to prescribe drugs or did your dad molest you or did mom molest you? And uh, I mean, it's played as a goof. Not to say obviously like that is a a source of a lot of people's trauma, but it's fun that it just gets there. Uh, That's kind of my take on it. I think they like to show how helpful it is, but they like to show that there is quite a few bad sides to it as well.
0: I felt there were like three things in that direction. First off, we see Meadow on her uh, on her little uh, chair. And then we see her, like the therapist, on her chair. And she's also sitting with her legs up on ah. the chair, like mirroring her in a way that doesn't seem natural for her at all. Or Well, she actually plays it off okay. Like it does seem like she would do that. But she's clearly just doing that because she's mirroring Meadow uh, to sort of uh, get sort of on the same level, and she doesn't say, oh, anything, did your uh, did your dad molest you? She just says dad and mom. Yeah. Like, she doesn't put the in front of them, and that feels so weirdly, like, patronizing in a way. Uh, and she also doesn't pick up uh, that the name is Jackie. She calls him Jack until Meadow corrects her. Um, but at the same time, yeah, she's not... Doing that badly either because she's like, yeah, it's like, and she's right. It's like everyone takes a year off. Uh, I mean, I didn't, but whatever. Mm. I probably should have. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like everyone, you'll be fine. You can even go to Barcelona. I got a contact. Doesn't really matter. You don't even know what you want to study.
1: And I love the. We see the the company line again from Meadow. We saw flashes of it in the finale where she talks to Jackie Jr.'s brother about. Yeah, our dad's brush up against organized crime or whatever, where she parrots Tony here and says there's no yeah. such thing as the mafia. I said uh, yeah. Jack Jackie's dad was a loan shark or, or, or whatever. So I, I like that it's 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 like Meadow obviously still has that rebellious part of her, but it's this it's just the thing that we all have where You know, we think, like, ah, I'm different than my family. I can do whatever I want. I'm not bound to anyone. But then you kind of grow into, you know, just an adult like everyone else and uh, kind of play the part sometimes even when you don't want to or think you're not going to.
0: Yeah, Um yeah, and I think that's, if I if I do recall correctly, and this is not from Wikipedia, believe it or not, he, does he say that in the episode College when they're off on their thing and finally, like, opening up? And he's like, there's no such thing as the Mafia, and then yep. realizes what an absurd thing that is to say. But, of course, he repeats it here because, again, you're in front of an outsider, so, like, you need to keep, like, it's a psychological thing as well. <laughs> you keep everything on the inside. You can't reveal too much to anyone outside. Yes,
1: absolutely. And, and again, it kind of even ties in with, like, when Tony, when, when Tony's drunk and she came home late and yeah. he's like, yeah, you know, you're all me. Like, you know, you're just like me. And in a way, we could see that. Like, obviously, she's not like a sociopath, like, murderer, but we see a lot of Tony. I mean, we see it in AJ as well, but we see a lot of Tony in Meadows sometimes.
0: Yeah. Um, so let's see. After this, we have okay 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 so a scene here with silvio and tony which we may read more into now um you know after after the fact because silvio brings up that hey it seems like uh christopher's got a bit of a napoleon thing going on with making me wonder like has he actually got a whiff of the thing he that i mean to be fair christopher is there saying like is not going to be first lady forever like so he's <laughs> not wrong either yeah um but yeah, he's trying to sort of sort of move on that uh. and he's
1: I mean he's absolutely doing the he's not talking about Patsy, you know he, yeah. he's he he's just kind of it's like sending a feeler out in a weird way, and Tony's not picking up on any of it uh, yeah. he, he's like, oh good. And he's talking about you know maybe people thought they were passed over or Patsy thought he's passed over maybe there could have been other names and I feel like we've had this discussion maybe it wasn't on the air I remember you and I had a discussion about Silvio and what his role is I remember we we're kind of looking it up because he's like the yep. consigliere he is kind of like Tony's right hand man but he's he's obviously has that position because he's intelligent and he's kind of picking up what Tony's doing as he's positioning Christopher.
0: Yeah. Um, so I'm just going over what he was saying there. Uh, yeah. He says the word marginalized there about like, and Tony's like, what the fuck does that even mean? Um, yeah. but yes, no, we did have that discussion. And I took a screenshot of the, uh, when they're later in the FBI room, they got the chart, and I'm like, Ooh, a chart. Let's mm-hmm. see here. And they got, you know, they got Silvio off to the side, like there's the structure and then Silvio's off to the side like in the margin, like he's literally marginalized Mm. um, because he's just some guy.
1: Nice catch. Yeah, yeah, because he, I mean, he's clearly important and Tony does go confide in Silvio uh, for any, like, major decision. Uh, But we never really saw in the past if Silvio wanted to be, have a crew or be a captain or whatever. He, but I guess he does, he is picking up on his position potentially being threatened here.
0: And what I think is he didn't necessarily want to or, or be a captain in that but the thing he's already doing is he's relaying Tony's orders he's the, like Tony's distancing himself so he's becoming like uh what's that Nazgul like the mouth of Sauron or whatever yeah, yeah, you know yeah. <laughs> he's like the, he's Tony's like he's like the hand of the king um and then Tony is literally trying to raise Christopher to that position even though Silvio would be way better at it obviously yes. um but the thing about about that is as well Tony says he's 42 years old his idea is he's going to be 80 years old and his son is his his son Christopher is going to run things but like Silvio seems like he's even older than Tony so like that's not really going to work out just in that sense because you don't you need you need a young buck in there to run things yeah
1: someone to pass the torch to and yeah if it's if, if Silvio is like either like the same age because I know they kind of ran together when they were younger or like slightly True. older like you said uh, but yeah, then from there we have Chris hanging out with Adriana and Danielle and then yeah. at, the, at her club. And then it turns into like he's, you know, he's not even being subtle in the beginning when he's like, I'll be a rapper, my hoe, my bitch. And he's like grabbing them both and pulling them close and he's tickling her. Then he starts making out with Adri- Adriana and then he puts his hand on her. Adriana catches him. Um, and what he starts making up well what does he say they book yak she's trying to get in the in the way of us she took my hand and put and was rubbing it on her uh yeah
0: and he says all sorts of shit and like it's another one of these like yeah i guess i'll believe this like it's better for me if i believe it like with fucking christopher believing that that cop was murdered his father i'll yeah. just go ahead and believe this because it makes everything better and then she has to be the one to apologize and it's like oh we can already see the sort of stereotypical Carmilla-Tony relationship or any mob wife and their guy relationship developing here. Because, um, yeah, he he just thinks... I mean, he has a Napoleon complex. He can just do whatever uh, he feels like. But uh, it doesn't well, really work out here, so he has to start lying.
1: I mean, to put it in 2018 terms, it's it, this is like uh, gaslighting 101, my dude. He's, he's gaslighting her like yeah. a motherfucker. Because uh, oh, yeah. she says what, uh, you know... You said she has a nice ass, and it's like... Yeah, because I want to say something nice about your friend <laughs> or whatever his response is. I, I just said something nice about it because she's a friend of yours. Um, yeah. But it makes sense because either way, it's like, what is Adriana going to do, choose? Even though she does clearly hold her friendship in high regard because she told her things. But at the end of the day, mm-hmm. Christopher's the one that gave her a club and gave her this like super nice bracelet which they do she does kind of marvel at earlier in this scene as well and it does play it comes back later uh but what is she gonna do like the easiest way is to just believe christopher and Apollo and yeah end up having to apologize for what he's doing
0: <laughs> yeah so you know great stuff i mean he for all his faults i guess he's a good manipulator so maybe <laughs> he'll be a great mob boss one day what do <laughs> i know um so Next scene, uh, Silvio's trying to crazy glue together a, a golf medal or a trophy, I mean. Yes. Um, I, I don't know what this is indicative of. I guess uh, it's a metaphor for something because most things are. But it could just be they wanted to start the scene up fine uh, in a funny way because Patsy's like, oh, the glue got dried up there at the top.
1: I think not even as a – this almost sounds like I'm goofing, but I feel like it's like, yeah, he's literally like trying to – like his trophy is his recognition. Like He feels like yeah. he's not getting – the recognition he deserves and it's a broken trophy. He's trying to fix it. And then he's like, fuck it. Just puts it away in a shelf.
0: Yeah. yeah. And, um, and Patsy's there saying that, you know, no more dipping at the job, but the order comes down from Tony. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so Silvio's still like go ahead and it's just because the order comes down from Tony that like it's still very tricky it's like t- to read this you know this move but it's like you said I guess it's like it's just him flexing a little bit and reminding Tony that he's also a guy but it's also like does it really endear you to Tony so is it positive I I guess it's a way of reminding Tony that hey I'm also here
1: yeah it's kind of I mean, it's not so much that it's supposed to have these this great positive outcome for Silvio, I guess it's at the bare you know instinct level. it's like some lions kind of fucking with each other <laughs> in the the wild, you know what I mean, like just showing yeah. like, okay, yeah, you're the dominant one, but I still can I still have some strength here too, so don't fucking forget about me, bitch,
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess, um which all comes to a head later in a fun way. Um, so, yes, scene here again, uh, dressing gown, morning, orange juice, Tony's coming down the stairs talking to Janice, who's just, she's just there, uh, she's, she's there. just, to uh, use the washing machine. Yeah,
1: doing laundry.
0: Mm. So, uh, yeah, he, she's there saying, oh, for your information, Ralphie's a nice guy, and and we're so with Tony here, I feel. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is where I, I get why, like you mentioned earlier, why is he so disgusted? But, like, he does know Ralphie, uh, and he points this out. Do I not know him better than you? And his her last boyfriend put a gun to her head just to get off, and that was, like, that was... Ralphie's way worse than that.
1: <laughs> and let's not forget, too, that... And, and I'm sure Tony's somewhat aware of this, because not only... Who Ralphie is, but who Janice is, and it's just a bad—it's a bad recipe because, as we saw, she kept she was egging Richie along more than anyone to kind of really make a play for Tony. So they all already have their own little qualms, so that's just a recipe for disaster.
0: Yeah, similarly to how I sort of forgot. Or you know, easily forgave Junior uh, for trying to murder Tony. I've also like, I guess, forgotten that yeah, Janice was trying to uh, get Tony killed, basically, like mother, like daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, except I don't forgive her because she's not as likable as Junior. But um, but yeah, it's uh, it, you're right. It was a terrible idea to put those two together.
1: Uh, then we see um, Danielle again with her husband and baby she gets a call from Adriana who's uh, making it clear no this is this is over this is done for um because and like yeah she mentions what twelve messages because of course this isn't just a normal friendship this is her job so she's kind of laying on a little extra thick to make sure she doesn't lose her in with the soprano crew uh, being undercover but It plays out a little bit different because the FBI realizes that the undercover op is a dead issue and maybe they'll just bring in Adriana and go a different angle
0: yeah which I never would have expected for whatever reason but hey I guess like we got we got something so let's use it let's see what we can do here it is um
1: as you mentioned at the start of the show it is really nice that we don't have to sit through like we sat through more episodes of the lamp uh, before that became <laughs> nothing than we did of this Danielle character, which it's, it's still, it had more potential, at least if it wouldn't have been terrible if they let it go for a few more episodes to try to build it, but it's refreshing and welcome that they kind of kill it quick to kind of flip it into a different
0: story. True. True. Um, So then there's a golf scene. Uh, Tony's out golfing with Artie Bucco, um, who's obviously not getting the ball in the hole. Uh, Poor man. Like, he never (laughs) – like, can you imagine this scene where Artie Bucco just did a hole-in-one or whatever? (laughs) Like, it would never happen in the universe of the show. Uh, They would develop superpowers before anything like that happened in this universe.
1: (laughs) And then we see Mazarone show up, who I guess is, like, the construction guy – And now, you know, Tony's like, oh, no, I already talked to him about about that. He's like, no, this isn't fiber optics. This is actually a truck full of floor tiles. And they also destroyed a shed or something, stealing it. It's great. We don't even need to see the scene. We just know (laughs) it was a calamity of errors because they're all fuck-ups and who cares.
0: Uh (laughs) Yes, very true. And so the next scene is Christopher going to the work site really upset. And this, I guess... I guess this is more the reason than anything else uh, for Silvio's point of view that, like, he doesn't want Christopher to move up too fast. This is sort of showing partly that Christopher doesn't have control of who he's supposed to have control of. And also when he goes there, he raises up a big stink again um, because, you know, he he actually grabs Patsy and, like, throws him around and he's going to beat him up and he fucking takes out a gun. Like, all sorts of dumb shit.
1: But then Patsy also shows that he's quite not ready as well because he just hits a bystander over the head with like a crowbar. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I know the guy said he's going to call the cops and something should be done. But and maybe te- since tempers were flying because they just had a scuffle between them. But I don't know if he needed to crack the guy over the head with a, br- with a yeah crowbar. I think it was or basically a metal. Uh, rod. Yeah.
0: It's an iron, yeah, an iron pipe, I think, yeah. and it's funny because it's like he calls Christopher an idiot. Christopher grabs his gun, and it looks like Patsy's like rushing back, but he's like grabbing the iron r- rod oh, at that point, so yeah. it's not like he's retreating. He's just like, "What you call me?" Um, and yeah, Christopher gets to say, "You work for me, not fucking Silvio," and I don't think I forgot you were going through my fiance's <laughs> underwear. Oh yeah, and uh, that wasn't him, to be fair, but uh, but yeah, it's his. It's interesting because it is a, like a complete reversal of uh, of that scene, which is a scant season ago.
1: Yeah, yeah, and you have to wonder if maybe, um, like, obviously, it couldn't be Christopher being acting Capo if Polly was still around. But that that feels like a line they had when they still thought Polly was going to be there, but they just wanted to use it anyways. Uh, but they, but Sopranos also does love bringing things back, but having the characters misremember it which I guess is kind of like a more realistic way to go about it because you're not always going to remember the specifics. Although I think I would have remembered that it was Pauly that was sniffing my girlfriend's panties. Uh, But but it's
0: because he he really hated that situation and that guy was there, so he's going to hate him just because of that.
1: Very true. Um, So, yeah, then we got – Oh, okay, then it goes to Meadow in bed asking for a tuna sandwich, right? As as Carmela, she sees Carmela walk by.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I did want to call out one quick thing that through that whole scene, um... Uh, Adriana's in the car, uh, yeah. And could you ever imagine like Tony doing this and having Carmilla in the car? Like never. He ch- separates church and state, but obviously, uh, Christopher gave her a club. He doesn't do that. That's why she can also later be brought up like, "Hey, what about all the cocaine in your building?" <laughs> yes,
1: yeah. Christopher is kind of not handling things too well uh, this early in the season, especially with some of the threats that are all around him.
0: Yes, um, so yes, the tuna sandwich um, is is re- requested, and um, <laughs> basically this is where we find out that, uh, yeah, it was your idea, I only saw this lady out of Goodwill, but uh, she actually agrees with me, and then there's a huge fight just going on, Tony gets called in there and sits on a bowl of cereal or whatever <laughs> has to move that out of the way uh kind of I guess proving that getting her out of the house and country might not be the be- the worst idea you know
1: yeah because such a, it's like a gross old bowl so yeah. and like her room's all, just a big mess of course because you know she's been lazing about uh but it, it's it's so funny I mean maybe it's just uh, nowadays the look upon therapy or having a better understanding but like it just seems so obvious that the therapist was going to say, yeah, you should broaden your horizons and go to Europe. It's weird to think that yeah. they, they would have been a united front. Like Carmela did think it would have been someone, because she even says earlier, the reason why to do it is we need another adult who's on our side. And they just assumed that the therapist would say, don't go to Europe.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's probably cheaper than going to this school, right? In the US, can't be <laughs> like, it's probably better That's true, uh, yeah. in that way. But I think when she says like, and she thinks I should go on Prozac too, it kind of gets to Tony because, you know, he's on he's on the pills. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know. Um, so, uh, yeah, but in this scene, Tony does flip-flop and say, oh, your mother doesn't want it, so you're not going. And uh, we get to the scene from the beginning of the episode where, you know, all this pussyfooting around and they get into Jackie and everything. And Meadow just looks like she's going to cry.
1: Yeah, I love it because um, uh, Jamie Lynn Sigler plays it great where she has all this confidence of, like, I'm telling my parents off, and when she first brings it up, but when Tony steps up to her, she gets legit scared. And Obviously, I don't blame her, but it is that thing of, like, uh, I mean, I don't know. I used to get in arguments with my parents, and sometimes you, for, like, you think you could say whatever you want, and then you get reminded, like, oh, wait, no, that's my parents. Like... Not even saying, like, they're going to beat me up or something, but they have that, like, authority. Like, it just kicks in, and then you're a little kid again. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, and that's been her thing the whole episode of, like, being brought back to being like a child. But it... It ends with her still like she doesn't give up. She goes, but but she goes in the most childish way possible. But still, like it's, there's nothing wrong with it in this situation. But she's like, I made my plans. And I'm going to Europe. Fuck <laughs> you! And it, like runs off. Yeah. Uh, well, and, <laughs> which and, is interesting.
1: And it feels like Tony's kind of challenging her to say that he was behind Jackie's death. Yeah, and for then sure.
0: she, and it's almost like that's more on his mind than it is on her. I don't feel yeah. that she's thinking that he's behind it even if she may have suspected that it was because of the mob stuff I don't think she ever thought like yeah Tony did it
1: yeah but he cuz he says like you have something you want to say to me and she's yeah. like you said she does still kind of put up uh like some defiance because she says you know I'm tired of Telling people that you know you're part of the environmental protective agency or whatever she says, and he's like, That's yeah. not what I asked you. And then yeah, she's like, I'm going to Europe, fuck you, fuck this. So she yeah. does she backs down, she holds on a little bit, and then runs away. But yeah, it's it's a, such a well written, played out scene.
0: Yeah. Um so, uh then Adriana gets confronted with with the small-haired Danielle, which, again, I don't know if that's... I don't remember if, if that's her actual name or not, Danielle. Um, it's
1: Deborah. Yeah, so it's not her real name. It's Deborah.
0: Yeah, that's harsh. Yeah. Um, so, yes, we we get the scene in the office. Uh, what a great scene because <laughs> uh, <laughs> for lots of reasons, but the explosive finale is not the least of them.
1: Yes, yeah, so, like, she gets the whole realization. They bring her in. They start laying out what they want her to do. They're playing a little bit smarter than, say, the bump and Sarah big pussy case because they're even telling her, like, look, we don't want you to wear a wire, but we just want you to basically they want her to keep her eyes and ears open because Christopher is a good in. As we've seen, he brings her to the construction site when he's pulling guns on people uh, and they just want to get that information. Uh, and then uh, Diane. or oh, wait, no. What's her name again? Deborah. Deborah. Yeah, Deborah Danielle. Uh, she kind of shows her coldness because she just says, you know, we probably, if you did go away, uh, uh, go out or uh, get arrested and get on bail, we probably just wouldn't even hear from you or Christopher again. You'll just disappear. And Adrienne is yeah, right. which yeah. go ahead.
0: I was gonna say, which is not true, right? I mean,
1: it's hard to say. I feel like the that's pretty close I think I guess it's 50-50 I feel like she probably <sighs> I mean it's hard to say like would they believe her you think D- especially the way Tony is now with like I want everything like clean and separate uh I feel like it's 50-50 they pro- they could disappear if if even if it was just like she- could we trust her not to say anything facing this drug
0: bid Okay I guess that part makes sense but as far as like her, uh, they're saying that it would happen just because you brought an FBI agent into uh, the house. And I feel like that wasn't that, like, it's obviously bad, but like, Christopher is his golden boy and he's mm. all got the blinders on when it comes to Christopher. So I don't think he'd like, oh, better disappear his fiance and Christopher, because obviously two for one on this one. So so I don't feel that would happen, obviously, in this situation i i don't know what Adriana's gonna do and obviously if she starts being an informant then things are a bit different but this is just saying that if she came clean and went and told tony and and christopher no here's what would happen she'd go to christopher christopher would start freaking out throwing money in a bag we gotta go to the airport and then he'd do heroin up his foot and then he'd pass out in the alley so we'd never even find out what what tony would do
1: well, because yeah, I mean, I guess I'm not as optimistic because I do feel like if she took her took the rap they gave her and then got released on bail, but then they put the info on the street that that girl that she's been hanging out with for the last, I mean, in show terms, it's four months. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I feel like they'd be there'd be there'd be a sit down for sure, and it would be oh, the yeah. option would be on the table. I think. But either That's
0: way. That makes sense. I will say it would probably, like, be good for Silvio because Christopher would uh, be demoted uh, quite quickly. But but I don't think, like... Because fucking think about how long... Uh, he, he kept Jackie Jr. around Gr- granted he wasn't like an FBI informant or anything uh, but like he was kept around even though he was a fucking idiot and like we all make mistakes the FBI is trying to get their way in. now he doesn't know about the lamp but if he knew that we had a lamp here for like months that should probably affect the, the thinking but but yeah it is interesting and there's a great ending of the scene with the explosive vomit and then like the, the diamond bracelet all, with puke yeah, all over it puke. it's so great
1: and it's it's a smart angle because thinking about it on the show, I mean, outside of maybe Tony's kids and like Melfi or something, um, Adriana, well, not like innocent per se. She's one of the most innocent characters on the show. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. she she kind of she has an understanding of where her bar came from, and she does do drugs, and she does like have an understanding of what Chris is up to. But I don't feel like she's ever been active in any like anything that would hurt someone else. Um... And I
0: think... I think it was a good move to have her in the car for that previous scene because it's not just that she's considered a potential accomplice. It's also that she's sort of face-to-face with what Christopher does, which she doesn't have to be most of the time. She just sees the drugs. And hey, she doesn't even inject them. She just smokes (laughs) the heroin. So... There's nothing wrong with that.
1: (laughs) Um... But yeah, then we come to... Silvio goes to see Tony. Um... And, uh, well, how does it, when he shows up, what does Silvio say? That he's been calling Tony and Tony isn't returning his calls? I'm trying to remember here.
0: Uh, I, I'll try to pull it up, but I, I know Silvio comes in saying like, oh, this floor tile business. What a misunderstanding. And it's almost again, like, let's just say this, even though, but in this scene, it's not like with Adriana and Christopher that like one of them is convincing the other. Like they're both saying a thing that neither of them believes. And Tony's trying to get to the truth of it, saying you've become a very strange man in your old age. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) And then I Um, I, I like that. One of Silvio's responses is what is this a hangable offense? Because he does know like in the grand scheme of things, he can't make a big deal out of it, but it's a statement. And yep. I feel like if anything, Tony should just kind of feel stupid for not seeing this coming than anything. At, at least putting some, you know, something in something in line for Silvio, uh, you know, seeing how he would react to what he's doing with Christopher.
0: Yeah, so he, he does come in saying, yeah, like you mentioned, are you mad at me now or what? Like, are you, is this, uh, is this a hangable uh, offense? And Tony says, did you deliberately disobey me? Which he definitely did. Yeah. Um. So I'm just sort of going through the bits there of the scenes because we've already sort of been over the motivation behind it. Um. And Chr- Tony actually brings up, you know, if in any way you feel like Chrissy usurped you or anything and you're trying to ream me, and Silvio just stares at him. Um, and Tony says, that's not how it is. Silvio says, fine. You know? Yeah. Um,
1: so it's it's kind of like Silvio's playing this how Tony would play it. You know, we talk about how Tony gets like an apology or something, and then he just walks away. So, I mean, it's a good way. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. okay. But it does end where he's like, oh, yeah, uh, floor tiles, don't spend like 30 grand. And he gives him the – he kicks up the two – he's like, I got two now. I'll get you the rest later. And he's like, yeah, I know you will. So it also is kind of a nice reminder of like, well, I'm still the fucking boss. So we're kind of, you know, it's a little stare down. We'll see where this leads.
0: Yeah, it's really intriguing because Silvio's been, um, you know, he's never been part of the scheming other than being like a smart person for Tony to talk about things with. But like seeing him actually do this, because I do believe he is more loyal than anyone else, including Christopher to Tony. Like, that's, I really do think that the he, but I I have no idea how it will develop, but just given how things have gone, he's been in a great position where Paulie's been getting all nervous, he's been getting pushed up and Sil- pushed out, and Silvio's just been there, and now he's doing this. I think it's probably gonna, I don't know, I feel like now he's made his statement uh now, like Tony knows, so he'll probably just keep doing a great job for Tony, at least for now, until something else happens that might require a change of direction.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then we have a quick scene for some reason, I guess, where we see Ralph cutting his toenails and uh, one of them oh, flings yes. and hits Janice in the face. And he's like, what, you get hit with some shrapnel? So I don't know if we're supposed to wonder, is Janice maybe second-guessing this Ralph situation here or... I feel like it's just something f- funny that the writer, w- like one of the writers ha- did this in their real life and they're like, we need to put this in the script. This is great.
0: <laughs> I guess it's just to show that nothing really happened from uh, now Tony knows and he, he like disapproves and they know it, but like they're, they're still here. They're still doing their thing. And I guess Rose, 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 just wherever, you know, cause I was like last season, I was like, that's definitely over. Cause mm. of course Ralph's not going to stick around, but But, uh, yeah, I guess he sticks around um, a little bit, half.
1: And um, coming up on before this, I guess he does mention to Silvio when Silvio shows up to see Tony that they think that Meadow ran off to Europe because basically I assume when she stormed out that uh, that's where they thought she went. And actually, hold on. Was there a storm out in this episode earlier? I think there was a debatable one. Uh, Yeah. Where did I...
0: But you mean outside of? Is it? It when, wasn't in. Th- uh, it wasn't the in
1: therapy, though. It was. It was outside of therapy.
0: Oh, it was I when he finds about this.
1: It's when he finds Ralph's yeah. shoes.
0: Oh, I was thinking of when they were at the kitchen table, and he went fine. Go to Europe then. But then maybe. I mean, she did. He storm out, or did just she storm out? But yeah, you're right about the shoe, though. That's
1: I was fun. thinking. Here's my argument here because. Yeah it's she's about to put like tea on or something like she or coffee and he's stepping Mm -hmm. in and then he sees the shoes and then he just leaves but i guess it's not in therapy so we can leave it off right
0: now but we have put in scenes where uh it wasn't therapy or at least like one when he was in italy and he stormed off from the beach so we did put in that but then he has left rooms in anger many a time and that hasn't been a storm out. But and I also- feel like
1: this is, there's precedent here because he's a bu- like he, he has no intention of leaving until he leaves, so that's what makes it a storm out, kind of. Let me play the scene real quick. Okay. I know we're almost done. I'm backtracking because I completely forgot
0: about this. Well, let me play well, no, it This is good. It.
1: a Christian a rock video, I'm coordinating with the record release.
0: Oh, yeah, that Tommy Motoli's one slow motherfucker, right? What's a bit about a year.
1: Well, actually, we are not going with Sony. We're considering a smaller, independent label. Oh,
0: well, naturally. <laughs> you got any coffee?
1: I may only have soy milk.
0: All right, he sees the shoes. Yeah, seeing see the shoe there. What? And he, he's looking at Janice. He's, he's bending down. He's picking it up. Yeah.
1: Looking at it. He even picks it what up with care, like Tony? two fingers. Like, it's none of your business anyhow. Like it's any a cockroach. Ralph, Sephoreto, Janice?
0: Yeah. It's always fucking mm. something with you. Why don't
1: you stay out of other people's living rooms?
0: Jesus Christ. Okay, yeah, no. This is a storm out. I think this is a storm, storm out. Because
1: especially even going into it, he asks for the coffee. And she does mm. I mean she does preface it by saying there's only soy milk but he's not leaving. He's still he goes ah but he's still following her for the coffee. So you know what? I think this is a fucking storm out my dude.
0: I agree. Let's up the counter.
1: Let's let's get the counters out for the storm out.
0: Fuck you. <laughs> yes. So, uh for everyone at home, <laughs> We're finally at 12 Stormouts. Uh it's coming up there against uh, the 32 uh deaths. So we'll see like we we really we really need to grasp at straws to get some stormouts in there. But hey, I was skeptical, but then I rewatched it, rewatched it at home. He does storm out. So uh we're taking it. We're taking that one. We're counting it.
1: Yeah. Okay. And it was Tony. It's not like we picked some other character. Uh but then back towards yeah. the end of the episode here, Meadow, we do see that Meadow is back trying to pick up classes, but she's doing it late. So there's not a lot to choose from, but she decides to pick up a class in morality, self and society, a philosophy class. Uh, What do you think that Mm -hmm. leads to?
0: Well, I thought uh, she was flipping through and she landed on the P's. But when she asked her like, what about this one? And I was like, psychology. She's clearly going to study psychology to get like another avenue for the show to delve deeper into different psychology and stuff like that. But no, it's morality, self, and whatever um so you know that'll be another fun way to throw even more philosophical <laughs> stuff here into the show like we, we obviously don't get enough of it there's gonna be more about uh death and society and she's gonna put she's basically gonna do what this classic thing of hearing something in class and then like regurgitating it like aj does with dna but she's (laughs) going to be doing it with philosophy and she's going to be kind of right but not really and then tony's going to repeat that to someone else uh i don't think it'll lead to her like oh of course i must change my whole life and uh give my father up to the police i don't think that will happen but um it's definitely a chance to delve more into that sort of thing because she's been it's been a lot about art with her and a lot about big words they've just given her like this annoying like habit of using words that are uh, just uh, un- unnecessarily verbose. Yeah, uh, which I have, have done from time to time as well in my life. Um, but yes, yeah, so there's a specific one from I don't remember when exactly, but when she just uses a word that's literally just she learned it that day, uh, but she has to. So it's gonna be that, but with philosophy.
1: I think she like says like duplicitous or something in this episode to her friend. Like she just picks her like hello. Oh, can you? are you even surprised he's so duplicitous? It just sounds like yeah. sh- she's using it for no reason just, in a, just to make Carmilla feel stupid again. So yeah, things to make Carmilla feel dumb. Uh, then the episode does end on Carmilla's in the bath. Tony comes in and we get into the, you know, it's not you she blames, it's me. And he's like, what does yep. that mean? And I assume what they're getting at is for not leaving Tony and basically like kind of saving her from this life right
0: oh interesting yeah no you're, you're probably right on that or it's a very good read because it just sort of ends there right
1: yeah yeah so kind i i yeah i read it as like it's like just a roundabout way of blaming tony but she blames carmilla her mother for not protecting her properly from you know this this uh mob life this this soprano family
0: it's so interesting because I, I I totally missed that. It's definitely a possible read, but for me, it was just like a repetition of the fact that Carmilla's been like blamed for everything, and she she never Meadow really puts anything on her father except when she sort of comes in there and calls him the big mob boss. It's almost like blaming her dad for something is too big because <laughs> he is like. Uh, a murderer, and that that puts money on the table, and they did have conflicts about that, about the car, and the black guy, like, those the sorts of things, but then it's almost like, on this level, it's easier for her to blame her mother and just leave her father out of it, because when she does blame her father, she come he, he, he steps up really close to her and makes her feel like a child, and Carmilla can't do that.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's kind of like the same thing, too. Like, it's just... It's the easier target, but also there's that, you know, you're supposed to be her mom. You're supposed to protect her from stuff like this. And especially now with this lifestyle that's directly affected her but through Jackie Jr. and kind of having to deal with losing, uh, you know, a, a, a family friend slash ex-boyfriend, someone very close and not just close uh, in proximity and emotionally, but in age, and kind of a nice dose yep. dose of reality of life and death and loss, uh, compounded with the whole you know uh, America's going through a thing right now with nine eleven. I'm going to bring up nine eleven quite a bit during this season, but I feel like that's because the show is as well.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's fair. And uh, yeah, so that's episode two, and I feel like a lot's happened already. I already feel excited. I feel like everything's very much. Tied together. It's all one solid thing. Um, where, uh, granted, season three had some extenuating circumstances, but yeah, everything feels very on track. I'm excited that we didn't have to do eight episodes of the undercover thing. It's actually <laughs> progressing to a different level now with Adriana doing something. It's like full speed ahead on the Sopranos train. And uh, I got my tickets. I hope you have yours.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you could send your ticket stubs to shows what you know show at gmail.com and of course by ticket stubs i means your thoughts your feelings your observations maybe something we missed maybe something you think we nailed maybe something you think that we completely read wrong you can send that over to shows what you know show at gmail.com we'll discuss it on the podcast and please make sure you are subscribed on itunes or whatever podcatcher you use and we do appreciate reviews as well
0: Yes, it really helps us out. Uh, like mentioned, we, we enjoy doing this just for the sake of doing it, obviously. Uh, like otherwise, <laughs> who? Why well, we wouldn't keep doing this. It's just a great show. If we were doing this with a shit show, yeah. uh, then yes, uh, we'd, we'd require even more reviews to keep going. But it is still nice. It's very nice to get. So... Uh, Please give us some. It would be great. <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: and of course, you can find more from me at jimandthem.com. You can find more from Jacob at awesomepedia.org and also awesomepedia on YouTube. Uh, and I think that's about it.
0: Well, there's one more thing, Jim. Oh, yeah. What's that? Cut to black.